Welcome back to the Blog Boy Roundtable. We've only got three Blog Boys this week, but we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. So we'll start. Uh, we only picked one game last week, the old Army-Navy game. Everybody was an Army, except for Vito, who did the smartest thing and the thing you should do in seemingly every single Academy game. Took the under 27 and a half, and it looked really good for about 58 minutes. Fellas, let me tell you, I thought we had that in the bag. And then it looked really then, good with, until there was about, what, 30 seconds left? And then Army decided to do, I guess, technically the smart thing. And after they stopped Navy, and I'm actually very impressive uh, for uh, like uh, goal line stand because they were Navy was moving. And I thought, oh, this is going to overtime. Um, Army decided instead of taking a knee or running the ball, we're going to just go ahead and run around for a little bit and then go outside the back of the end zone and boom over a lot of people very upset. <laughs> yeah. I, if you got it super, that's the one bad thing about uh, doing the show kind of not like on a Monday or a Sunday uh, is sometimes stuff will move. That one moved against you. You could early in the week, you could have got a little better and able to cash, but still it looked pretty good <laughs> for a very long time. Navy looked Totally out of their depth, uh, no pun intended. I'm going to um, use a Colin Sherwin uh, special and say it's malfeasance. <laughs> Doesn't count. It was tough, but the show went four and one last week, so that takes our season record to 169 wins, 144 losses. Nice, which is 53.99 percent winning percentage. That's pretty good for the whole regular season. Over 300 games, basically 54%. Good job, fellas. Good good year. Um, we were going to talk some bowl games, and we can't. Are there any, you know, any bowl games that caught your guys' eye? We were going to kind of, what, is there a game that's kind of your favorite? But we just also got the SEC schedule just released, and there's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of interesting. We can, that one, so. We could do a lot of different things. I mean, I, I feel like with the, the the bowl games, like taking it week by week probably makes the most sense. But I mean, how about Celebration Bowl this weekend? You see, uh, you know, FAMU versus Howard. Oh. And for, for the USF crowd, that's FAMU. They're only lost to USF. Howard, former USF um, uh, football player, Larry Scott's at the helm. And, and Liz Lamar is the offensive coordinator. So that's going to be a fun one. Celebration Bowl is always a must-watch game this week. So I know that's going to be a fun one. I'm actually trying to figure out if that's on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, and there's Celebration a, Bowl yeah, in Atlanta. It's a good one. Yeah, new yeah it's going to be Saturday. Saturday. There's a ton of games. I didn't realize how many games there were this weekend. Um, I, I do mean, a bowl pick them with, um, yeah. with, uh, with one of my family that's uh, – my wife's uncle, he does a bowl pick him, but he only picks like, he only goes like half the bowls. So he, he starts like October 20, sorry, December 23rd. So I'm like, man, I can't even pick the USF game. But like yeah. half these games, I'm like, eh, don't need to research them because, yeah. ooh, buddy, there's some, there's some special ones. Yeah, I tell one, the one that like, if you, if this was 10 years ago, you'd be like, this will be a great game. UCLA Boise State and the LA Bowl hosted by Gronk, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but there's a ton of opt-outs and transfers and things like that. So this is why we're not picking bowl games on the show. It's just like if we were really, you know, if we're really betting our money, we wouldn't be picking them, I don't think, just because of the uncertainty. Uh, we'll probably pick the playoff. But, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of bowls on Saturday. Nothing, like, crazy that stands out. And But UCLA-Boise State is kind of the big brand game. 
Cal Texas Tech could be interesting. I know Cal lost their offensive coordinator, I believe. That could be a fun one. Western Kentucky Old Dominion could be a fun one. I think they probably have most guys playing and be somewhat motivated. Jacksonville State is playing against Louisiana and New Orleans in the New Orleans Bowl. That could be a fun I was, one. I always like the New Orleans Bowl just for the vibe and the aesthetic of it. It's always great seeing college football games played in the Superdome. Just the only thing is that in recent years, they've moved the New Orleans Bowl to the afternoon. It's like, nah, man, you need, you need that at night when all the fans, especially all the Louisiana fans, are littered up. <laughs> yeah. Out, like, <laughs> yeah. You have to do the whole pre-tailgate and then, and then head on to the game. That's always fun. Um, the One that's also interesting to me is the – uh, it's on Monday, technically, but the Bahamas Bowl, which isn't in the Bahamas because they're renovating their stadium, which is like 90% of the reason why you go. But I always <laughs> love this game because it's always on a Monday in the afternoon and people are at work or, you know, they go to the, you know, they go hang out. It's like, oh, there's a football game on during lunch break. Like, I'm just going to watch this game now. But it's not the Bahamas Bowl anymore. It's moved to Charlotte, which if you're going to pick a replacement for the Bahamas is not necessarily one I would choose, <laughs> sure. but now it's called the famous toastery bowl, which I had no idea was until I recently went to Charlotte and got brunch there with a couple of my friends. And I went, this is actually pretty darn good. And then they became a bowl. So there you go. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then probably before we record UTSA Marshall could be another, that could be a fun one. We may be recording when that one's going on next week. The Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. And then after that, you got USF. I, I researched it. It's so weird because it's in Frisco, Texas. Scooters Coffee is based out of Omaha. Like, it's like, that's the only ah. like <laughs> They're not allowing the Omaha Bowl, I guess. So that's the hard thing about these these games is you, you start you start doing a little bit of research. And like half the time you do bull pick, I'm like, ah, they, oh, they did well. And then you start looking. It's like, oh, Marshall lost their starting quarterback to the portal. Oh, man, Boise State <laughs> lost their starting quarterback. Uh, oh, my gosh. Who's yeah. actually playing at Cal? So at Ohio, like Ohio had a really good season, but everybody's gone. So it's like, what do you how do you do this? At some point, it's like uh, attrition. Like who's actually playing for who? OK. And that that can kind of lead into a conversation a little bit about kind of the future of college football a little bit. There are some people that say, let's play the bowl games at the start of the next season. Uh, that'd be cool. I mean, it'd be cool to play them as like the spring game too. Like have your spring practice and then play the bowl game. Uh, could be fun for some of these. But the one thing I wanted to talk about is there's been a couple kind of pretty newsworthy things in terms of the NCAA. And, you know, I have to ask. Is the NCAA just totally cooked? And and we've talked about a great separation happening. Is it going to happen sooner rather than later? Uh, because we had uh, last week, I believe, you had the new president of NCAA uh, put forth a proposal that would everybody gets paid $30,000, or at least half your half your student athletes get paid $30,000 and they could still get name image like likeness stuff. I don't think most teams are going to go for that. Why would you do that? If you just, you know, if you just want to play your football players, why not just break off football into its own separate thing? And then that coupled with uh, the transfer limitation ruling that came out today, where uh, at least for the next two weeks, the two time, the ban on being a two time transfer and being immediately eligible is off. Uh, So it's wild, wild west. And apparently, I think if you jump in, there was some, some may clarification may be needed, but if you jump in football as a second time transfer and go somewhere, uh, you'd be kind of under this umbrella of it being eligible. I don't know if that would be eligibility going forward or, but there is some, some thought that you could jump in in football as well. So that would change a lot. I would think 
Um, but do these two things kind of in conjunction, the NCAA kind of tacitly admitting that you need to pay the players somehow, does that just accelerate the separation of like the big sports? Yeah, they know, they know that they're cooked. I think um, you asked if it's sooner rather than later, I think around 2030 when like the big tens uh, TV deal is up, I think that's Notre Dame be, too. In Notre Dame, that's going to be like the doomsday the doomsday apocalypse where everything changes. I think that's when you start really getting into the super league thing that's been floating around the last couple of years, the super league idea. And, um, and I think that's when you really see these schools break off and form their own thing because, but yeah, the NCAA like could, especially in court, they thought that they could, argue these things and rely on Congress to bail them out is like, nope, you're not real. No, but there's, I don't, you'd have to, what is the approval rating for the NCAA the last 30 years? Has, has anybody ever been like, you know what? The NCAA is awesome. They make great decisions routinely. Like what do, what do they think is going to happen? Like the court of public, not even, not just like real court, but the court of public opinion, like people are going to be on their side. No, like the court is it's so tone deaf. It's interesting. The court of public opinion has really changed in like the last fifteen years because because it used to be like when whenever like a USC or somebody else would get in trouble, you would usually like get people agreeing like yeah they should be punished whatever it broke the rules you can't pay players and then in like the last decade it's totally flipped and yeah man do you think uh, do you guys think that that's flipped because of the perception of the SEC that they're all cheating. Well, the, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and they definitely do a lot better than some of the other conferences. Uh, I, I think the, the 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 funny thing is, sorry, I did, um, what, what I say is not you know one hundred percent. Don't 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 take what I said. You know, it every, everything's fine. I promise. Um, but everyone goes like, well, the NCAA this, the NCAA that, they're failing. It's like, well, they take care of all the other sports as well, so. You can't completely cut them out of everything. You can cover the card them out of football because for FBS, they don't control the national championship or any of that. Um, and how that's happened over the past, you know, 30, 40 years has been interesting. And, you know, I don't know how you go ahead. These are these you know, programs are becoming more than just college. Uh, you know, the, these are more than just college athletes. They're when you put NIL into this bucket and it's become what it is. And the NCAA is trying to say, hey, Congress, help us out. We need to figure this out. And they're like, hey, we're not going to do anything about this. So you need to figure this out. So now even with the transfers, everybody can transfer at any point in time. I mean, I'd be afraid to do that right now with this, you know, kind of in between period because they'll come up with something. And then all of a sudden you get caught in the crosshairs of where you're going. Like, that's the only thing that I'd be afraid of is you have a two week grace period. You transfer again. Then all of a sudden, oh, no, you get one free transfer and that's it. We, we made this, you know, into law now or whatever. We made this policy. And that's what happened um, to the guys last time. Yeah, exactly. You all, you all of a sudden like, what about the blanket? Well, you know, we, we had that as a blanket, but now there's a rule. And that's, you know, you know, this is never about the, it's never about the, the kids, right? They're always trying to, just, you know, and they, they care more about the schools than anything else. But like at some point, I think you're right. The, the, the big money programs are, can, can make their own money doing their own thing. And I think, that's what you're kind of seeing with the SEC and the Big Ten right now. We kind of already pushed towards a, a Super 2 with FSU being left out. You kind of see what that's doing. All of a sudden, who are the big conference or who are the big programs that can come together and say, we're going to do our own thing for college football only. 
and break off and, and make even more money. We don't need the NCAA. We can do what we want. Everyone can transfer wherever they want. They can come in and do whatever they want. And the education's a side part of it, but we're focusing on the actual the sport of football. Yeah. And there's thought of this coming to basketball too, that maybe they'll have their own tournament. I wouldn't be surprised if you get one day where you maybe have a, especially if this NBA in-season tournament is the mm. idea takes off. If maybe you get a power five in-season tournament and then, or, you know, the same guys that are breaking off in football and then still the same NCAA tournament at the end of the year. Uh, but I, I think the football splits coming sooner rather than later. And it's kind of, do you want to spend money? And uh, it, my guess would be, and this is why I thought that, that nobody would kind of be interested in the the model the NCAA put forward. If football breaks off, they're not going to want to have any type of Title IX conflict. They're, they're going to try to, they're going to do what they can to split it away from Title IX so they don't have to pay anybody else on campus if they don't want to. So one thing uh, a lot about that, if that, if any, if anybody kind of is on board with what the NCAA proposed. One thing a lot about basketball is what makes the NCAA basketball tournament as it is so fun is everyone loves that opening round and seeing the Cinderella's knock off the big ones. Yes. If you go ahead and say our super two is going to have our own, our own tournament, people are going to watch. They're going to care as much. Now people do care about the elite eight and the, and the final four. That's all still fun in games, but you get the casual, you get the, you know, hundreds, you know, you get the casual viewers because they like to see St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Yeah. So, you know, the more and more you chop that off, the more and more you lose that, um, you know, kind of nostalgia and that and that neat quirk that that only that tournament can provide because only that tournament gives you that interest. And that's why I think they if if that's something they want to do, they should keep that. But Mm -hmm. they might try to sell another tournament and pocket that money themselves, possibly at some point during the season, especially the NBA tournament kind of first year. People seem to like it. If it kind of keeps gaining momentum, that could be something maybe we see in the future. We already see a kind of, you know, ACC Big Ten challenges, all that kind of stuff. So would be an extension of that, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think the NCAA's days are numbered. So it's kind of about getting on the forefront of what's next. And I think that'll obviously be some type of revenue sharing with players. And we'll see how that turns Oh, my out. stars. I can't find any pearls to clutch. What's funny is the dominance of Georgia and, t- and Alabama in recruiting has probably made a lot more people be like, let's just pay these guys so we can have a salary cap. Like if, if you ask the same people 10 years ago, they probably be like, oh, don't pay the players. They get a scholarship. But now they're like, we need a salary cap. We need collective bargaining. So the transfer portal is not the free agent. So uh, it's going to, I think we're going to get a little mini NFL, but hopefully you can keep some of the, uh, college charm and not just make it a worse nfl so we'll see uh (laughs) speaking of the nfl we've got some pretty tough schedules just released in the sec um there are some brutal stretches there's a couple schedules that are gonna get people fired it was like uh, we were talking florida off here it's like florida schedule is built in a lab to get billy napier fired as soon as possible um and we'll go through some of these schedules, just kind of there is some what's interesting about this mix as opposed to kind of the Big Ten pulling team from the Pac-12. Um, there is some there are some rivalries here already of what they're bringing in, which is kind of an interesting when you bring teams that most of them have not been in the same conference. But there is some 
interesting rivalries that are being brought in with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. Um, we talked about Florida. Uh, here's their schedule. Uh, Miami at home. Sanford at home. Texas A&M at home. At Mississippi State. By a week. Central Florida at home. At Tennessee, which is Nick pointed on Twitter, is not the third week in September, which is a travesty, but such is life. Uh, Kentucky at home. By a week. And then here's the fun part for Florida. Georgia at Jacksonville. At Texas. LSU at home. Ole Miss at home. At Florida State. Oh my Buddy, God! That it's tough. They they literally they they don't have a uh, a SoCon Saturday before they play at Florida State. It was going to be good again in Tallahassee. There and so they play Sanford week two, yeah, they, and they then their other said it might be top fifteen or something. Their their other game, their other non conference game is UCF, which <laughs> I mean, Gus Bus baby. Um, they oh play eleven. They play eleven. Power five teams, I think, and 10 teams that made a bowl game this year. I just, <laughs> what a, what a log. And I just, I just kind of want to lead into this because we were looking at some of these schedules and like, okay, like take off everything, take off the hat about like what's going on with the, with the NCAA and everything that was college football, but like you're getting the helmet games that people apparently want. There's a lot of this going on here, but how many of these programs are going to be okay with losing? four, five, six games a year, and that being the ceiling, maybe you get one good season, but man, there's so much here. You get, you know, it's just, it's it's hard to play week in and week out already in the SEC, and now forget about it. And then Florida, you know, it, 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 <laughs> when, you, when, when you schedule like this, you're, I don't, what are you doing? But I mean. <laughs> yeah, Florida's athletic like, director's done the coaches no favors. Nope. I mentioned this before we went on air. It's like these SEC teams, they signed up for this. You signed up for this. You got your extra, extra TV money from getting Oklahoma and Texas. Well, this is the result. This is the result. Florida, like Billy Napier is probably not going to even make it to October or not, well, not October, <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Napier's like, I said, I'm okay with this, this conference schedule, but Florida State, Miami, and UCF. I mean, like, imagine, like just in Florida in particular, like imagine uh, Steve Spurrier getting this schedule. He would, he would turn the tables and head up to Birmingham himself. Well, that's in like the teams that when he was around, it was like the the schedule started bad team, like really bad team. Kentucky, who was bad, Tennessee. Every year is like one, two, three. That's how the schedule started every year. Now Kentucky's a lot better. Uh, you do, and you, you you don't get that first get your first game out of the box is uh, Miami at home. So you've got two guys that are kind of two coaches that are kind of in a little bit of make or break seasons. Kind of, I mean, Mario is not. I don't think his seat is hot, but if he has a really bad year, it starts to get there. So, yeah, it's it's tough, but it's kind of tough all around. Oklahoma, interesting schedule. Um, so they this is you'll like this. They got a little American Conference flavor here. Uh, Temple at home, Houston at home, Tulane at home, Tennessee, and Josh Heupel at home. Oh my gosh! On the road Four at Auburn. Home games. Yeah, on the road at Auburn by Red River against Texas, South Carolina at home, on the road at Ole Miss, Maine at home, Missouri on the road. So that's an old school game, like an old Big Eight game, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by Alabama at home and then at LSU to finish the season. So, man, they only have four true road games. So they got hooked up in kind of that aspect. 
Mm-hmm. But they get Tennessee and Alabama at home. So they get some tough ones. Uh, they get, they get, they're getting Fritz either way, I guess. Houston and Tulane, both at home. <laughs> get them one way or the other. They're getting Fritz one way or the other. And if, uh, you know, if he picks up like, I don't think he will, but if like Michael Pratt goes to Houston or something, that becomes an interesting game uh, right off the bat. But, oh, yeah. I didn't, wow, you're right. I didn't even think about that being a possibility, but there it is. Yeah. So there's some, I mean, th- that's what we, it's, it's kind of a crazy, you look at, you know, the games you're getting back that are really cool is you get Texas, Texas A&M back. Um, you get Texas, Arkansas, which we saw a couple years ago was a wild atmosphere. And the fun part for Texas is those are both on the road. So that you're, that's kind of your welcome to the SEC. Your schedule's not brutal. Um, they do have – it's not easy, though. They got Colorado State at home to open the season. Then at Michigan – UTSA at home, UL Monroe at home, Mississippi State at home, bye. But then you go Red River, and then the very next week at home against Georgia. Oh, and then you got man. Vandy on the road and a bye, and then Florida at home. Arkansas on the road, Kentucky at home, and then at Texas A&M. So. Getting Michigan, I mean, and I know that when you ch- switch to the SEC, when they finally announced the SEC, who knows when these were actually um, put out there. Uh, but that is this is brutal. That it's still, I mean, it's manageable in conference, and I think they tried to help them out a little bit because, ooh, buddy. I mean, UTSA is not going to be the same. You get you did ULM, but Oklahoma and Georgia back to back. Oof. Yeah, and and some of it's, and I think that you guys, if you if you remember differently, I think it was supposed to be at Texas, but the Big Twelve and Fox, or I think Fox s to switch it to Michigan this year as part of the agreement to let Texas and Oklahoma out early was part of the agreement, I think. So that game was supposed to be Michigan at Texas. They flipped the order so Fox could get the game earlier. That's kind of part of their deal with the Big 12 and, and getting out. And then, I mean, it's there's you still have some of those SEC bye games, but there's a lot of Power 5 out of conference games, Alabama goes on the road. Listen, this stretch, Western Kentucky at home, whatever, no big deal. USF at home, that's a tough one. And then at Wisconsin, right after. And then you get a bye, and then Georgia at home. On the road to Tennessee later in the year, LSU on the road, Oklahoma on the road, and then Auburn at home to end the year. So, yeah, there's it's this will be kind of – this will be kind of the change the in perception, the change in thinking that you're probably going to have to go through for most of the schools in these conferences is you're going to lose a couple of games every year now. It certainly seems like it. You may have a special team that goes through undefeated, but it's really about getting to the championship game, getting the bye, getting to the playoff. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really see going undefeated at this point because at some point you're going to have a bad game and you can't win all your stinkers with, with schedules like this. Yeah. Um, I, but I mean, that's also why the expanded playoff was was pushed a little bit by Sankey and the SEC. They wanted to be able to, you know, say, "Hey, we, we did all this. Let's get some of our two loss teams in and stack the cards a little bit." And and like a team like Auburn will be interesting because they're they're like a when you listen to the recruiting stuff, they're a candidate to flip a bunch of really good players towards the end. There, uh, you know, they could be bringing a top five class in here, and if they go and get some guys in the portal all of a sudden they become a pretty tough out 
And now, you know, Georgia's schedule gets a little tougher. Alabama's schedule gets a little tougher. You know, all those teams think Texas A&M has to play Auburn. It's, it just gets a little bit tougher for everybody. Um, and then as more money comes in, you'll be able to hire, you know, better coaches and it'll, it'll, it'll kind of, uh, get pretty wild, I think. But Georgia opens the season against Clemson in Atlanta. Oh, this, this is a Clemson Georgia season. Yeah, Clemson and Atlanta, and then they play Alabama and Tuscaloosa. They play Auburn at home. They play at Texas, at Ole Miss, Tennessee at home, and Georgia Tech at home, and then Florida and Jacksonville. But so, like, like you said, Vito, like if you have a bad game in that Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas stretch, like if you have a bad game in Mississippi State at home, you'll probably be all right. But if you play poorly at Alabama or at Texas, you could lose both those easily. It's uh, it'll it's gonna be interesting to see how these, like you guys said, how, the, how will the fan bases respond to losing three games, and that might be a good season from now. Like losing two games, going ten wins might be a great season. In the SEC from here on out. Excellent. So, still, won't yeah. it, it won't. It still won't, James. <laughs> Need to win eleven games, or you're out of here. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna be brutal. Said some of these programs too. Like if you're Vanderbilt, <laughs> I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, if you're Vanderbilt, you were screwed. Like regardless of how this shook it out, so it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Oklahoma and Texas, come on in. I tell you what sucks for Vanderbilt now is they're doing. So they got Barton Simmons. Uh, they got Barton Simmons with. Uh, came in with Clark Lee, and he was working at 24-7. And they're recruiting. They've done a really good job identifying guys. You look at some of these guys in the portal, every Vanderbilt player that's had a good year is getting picked. I mean, you had a receiver that was a freshman that kind of they signed out of nowhere. Been crystal ball to Georgia. And everyone's like, oh, what a huge pickup. He's the number three receiver in the portal. It's like, dang, really? So, <laughs> yeah, they're in. Yeah, that sucks. But, you know, they Football's never been kind of their thing. They can take that money and spend it on baseball or basketball or, you know. So it's, it's going to be tough. As, as, our, as friend of the pod, or, you know, I, I think, uh, Bud Elliott oh, always good. says, cash the checks, take the L's. Yeah. And I tell you what, the Big Ten's not much, <laughs> Big Ten's not much easier. Now that you killed divisions there, everyone in the Big Ten West uh, you know, they, they were always riding high, like, okay, I just have to beat these other jabronis that are all pretty much the same conglomerate of program. Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern. Sorry. Sorry, Will Kennedy. Um, <laughs> but, and, and now it's like, oh, forget about it. I can't. I, it's, one of us is going to go to Indianapolis, hang a banner for division champion and get sacrificed to Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. But now not anymore. <laughs> and good luck. Now you got to play USC, Oregon, Washington, and UCLA. Good luck with that. I was, I was thinking about that because they eliminated divisions. It's it's going to be kind of lame if we end up in a scenario where like Ohio State and Michigan plays back to back, back to back weeks. Like, like come on, like that game shouldn't be played in Lucas Oil Stadium, man. Nobody wants to see that. It's all about the end, the end of the season. Yeah, you may not have to worry about Michigan next year. Here's their schedule: <laughs> Fresno State at home, Texas at home, Arkansas State at home, USC at home, Minnesota at home, at Washington. At Illinois, Michigan State at home, Oregon at home, at Indiana, Northwestern at home, at Ohio State. 
Yeah, that's that's a tough. That's a that's a tough. And and this year's schedule. (laughs) No, Texas out of conference, and then in conference now you got USC, Oregon, and your Ohio State game. My goodness, that's going to be tough, man. Next year is going to be a wild season. Yeah. In college football. It's going to be awesome um, in terms of, like you said, helmet games. It's going to suck a little bit in terms of tradition, which, you know, is obviously a huge part of college football. But Ohio State's ducking uh, some a little bit. <laughs> their, their schedule's not too tough. The, and, you know, the, the interesting thing with the Big Ten is you have the dynamic now. That was always the Midwest pro, you know, mid, Midwest programs. Sometimes you're playing in the snow. I know they don't like to play at night. But, I mean, you know, getting some of these, you know, Bay area schools now to go to the Midwest, you're just the time zone thing is, is already going to be its own problem that you're going to see, Hey, you know, they, they, they came out a little slow and that's why they lost the game because the time zone adjustment, but you know, it is what it is, but all of a sudden now you, now you got to put in, you got to put in weather. How is the, you know, how is Lincoln Riley going to do when he has to go to Iowa or, you know, whatever, what do, do they go to Iowa? They don't go to Iowa, but where do they go? That's cold. Um, they go away. Let me see. Oh, I guess they don't at Maryland. And okay, they don't really go in. Okay, so but that that was a bad example. You know what I mean, though. <laughs> I think they do. They go play at Penn. I know. Um, but previously, now it may have changed when the schedules kind of changed up. But they were at Penn State at one point. I think, I think Penn State's coming to uh, mm-hmm. coming to. Uh, okay, yeah, I see that at US. They get UCLA at home though. Penn State, Penn State schedule. I mean, that's it. At West Virginia. That's that'll be a fun one. There's some hate yeah. there. Oh, uh, yeah. Bowling Green, Kent State, Illinois, UCLA at home, at USC, at Wisconsin, Ohio State at home, Washington at home, at Purdue, at Minnesota, Maryland at home. So no Michigan, but you trade Michigan out for USC basically. Uh, um, Oregon goes to Wisconsin in November. So <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows? SC, uh, uh, UCLA goes to Washington in November. Um, so, well, I guess that doesn't really change things. Which one was I just looking at? Oh, Washington goes to Penn State in November. That's it. So, I, well, that's an interesting dynamic with that particular conference, just seeing, because uh, especially in the Pac 12, you recruited at a certain level and you recruited against a certain program. And now you have to go ahead and switch what you do. But even in like the Big Ten, you had the top three programs. And really, frankly, it's Ohio State, you know. At recruiting at this level, then a bid drop drop to Michigan and Penn State, then a giant drop below my camera is then the rest of the Big Ten. (laughs) So it's like, I mean, yeah, Oregon and Washington are doing really, really well. USC recruits really, really high, but now you're playing against, you know, you know, an Iowa or a Nebraska or a Wisconsin that plays a different type of defense than what you were playing, you know, versus Colorado or versus the Arizonas. Man, it's gonna be really weird next year because in the Big Twelve, I'm not. Oh man, it's gonna be really weird. It's gonna be so yeah. confusing. It's gonna be uh, like it's gonna be a fun year for just oh this game. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, but you, we are losing some stuff. But yeah, USC. I mean, you want to talk about a schedule upgrade? LSU in a neutral at Michigan, Penn State at home, at Washington, which is not unusual. And then you finish with Nebraska. Who, I don't know. Matt Rule's tough, man. He's he, and then at UCLA and Notre Dame to finish your year. So, yeah, we're going to get a lot of big time games next season. And I don't know. It'll be it'll be fun to watch, but it will be sad to see some of the 
traditions and that go away. But you still get you'll still get Washington. You'll still get the Apple Cup. You'll still get uh, the Civil War. Oregon Oregon State I think plays at Oregon State next year. So, but that'll be like a bad. war game, which will be weird. Yeah, I feel bad in those regards because that at some point you start recruiting very very vastly differently, and it just becomes not fun anymore. For a rivalry, I mean, it'll be still good if they can. I mean, like, not like Washington State got Washington even when they were good, but still, now all of a sudden you change the dynamic there, and that's when those are out of conference. And you're not quite P five, and whatever happens to the Pack two. Uh, one question I wanted to ask you, fellas, like Nick, we'll start with you. Is there a is there a matchup that now as a new conference matchup that you said that you think like, oh, this will be re- a really fun helmet matchup, and I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, I would say. You know what, like a couple of years ago, it was it was great when uh, LSU played Texas, mm. like when like the championship season, like that was like one of the first early like, oh, this LSU team is special. But that was a really good game. And that's an interesting one that I'm looking forward to really seeing because you have these two teams that are basically I mean, they already clash with each other in Texas over recruiting. So that's going to get even more intense. And that's one that that's going to be really great to see every year or every other year. Yeah, that was, that was the first, when you said just like helmet game, like in just in terms of like the, the thinking about the two helmets, like crashing into each other, like old Monday night football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those were the two I thought LSU and Texas, but you got really, I think Texas, um, Texas and Georgia is an interesting one. Texas and Florida. I don't mm-hmm. think have played very much of at all. Uh, they had that yeah. home and home a couple of years ago. And I remember that being interesting. Like just in the case of like, Hey, we, this is our opening week game. I think they played in Jerry world one, one year. Um, just the amount of travel that people want to go and see that game. Cause it's so interesting. So it's like getting that now on the conference slate is also a bit of a fascinating. And then next year we get Oklahoma, Alabama. I mean, you're talking about like tradition, rich, like really mm-hmm. teams that are traditionally always pretty good. That'll be a good one. Then I think my I'm, my favorite one to have back is Texas Texas A and M. That's a game yeah. that shouldn't have left. Uh, that's you know one that every uh, Thanksgiving that was that game that weekend. It was like yeah. part of the tradition. I think they used to play on Thursdays too. Um, I'm not sure. If, I don't think they will. They're going to play Saturday this year. I, it seems, but yeah, Egg Bowl I mean it, it will be the last one. <laughs> NFL NFL's killed. I think putting a marquee game on Thursday night. So you get, you get the craziness of the egg bowl. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, but the, see the egg bowl being there is just hilarious. Yeah, it draws um, up. It draws the Those are all good. Texas, Texas, A&M, I mean, and they hate, I mean, they hate each other and they never wanted to play each other. And now they have to, and it's going to be And Texas A&M was all about, Hey, we're in the sec and you're not. So let's, yeah. what's going on. Um, and then USC against kind of the big three of the big 10 is, is, is fun too, in terms of helmet game. USC, yeah. Michigan, USC, Ohio State, USC, Penn State, like USC on the road at all the three of those is something like I'm watching. No, whenever it happens, my weird helmet game, and I'm not going to call it a helmet game because I we went with like typical helmet games, and I'm very excited about those. And you know, you look at this and go, it's really really cool to see some of these programs match up. Uh, but I want to see, and it's going to happen next year, Iowa, Washington. The unstoppable force, immovable object, team that's all all gas, no breaks, and a team that's all punts, no no, or all stops. I want to see that. That's going to be so much fun because it's just it's it's like Iowa. Like why? Like that's not a game that any any AD would even think about doing. 
but it's going to happen and we're going to have to watch it. And it's like, I know it's, um, is it at, okay. Uh, Iowa's at home. Never mind. I was up. It'd be really great if this was a pac 12 after dark game. And I was playing like, you know, the sicko at 11 o'clock at night, just a sickos game. But like that, that's one of those, like some of these big 10 matchups are like, what are we doing here? Um, but we'll, uh, we'll segue a little bit into, uh, uh, speaking of Washington, they're going to have to replace a, um, a, 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 uh, runner-up at Heisman and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, we'll see what they do there. But uh, how'd you guys feel about the Heisman picks? I was surprised Penix was second. I mean, it seemed like everyone was Bonix, Bonix, Bonix. But um, I guess a lot of people waited until that game to vote. And then if you did and you wanted to vote for somebody that was a winner, you know, I think because it seemed like a lot of people were down to Bonix and Jaden Daniels. Then you watch that game, you might be like, okay, well, Penix is the quarterback of this team that's undefeated making the playoff and he just played awesome. And then you look at his numbers. He's, I think he was the leading passer in the country. So I I was a little surprised he was second with kind of how everyone had been talking about it going into the game, but I was in shock. Daniels won. his season was just totally insane. And it was a situation where like it, it was a situation where he had to put up those numbers. He had no choice just because the defense LSU's defense was just incredibly mediocre this year. <laughs> they put him in a lot of situations where it's like, okay, well, I'm going to have to have a 400 plus yard game, five touchdowns, whatever, because this is what we need to do because we're going to get into a shootout. But yeah, da- like, but yeah, Daniels was incredible. I know some people were complaining about how he didn't necessarily have like a single Heisman moment or whatever, but I mean, you lead him, a nine and three team to through the sec with the understanding that, like I just said, the defense is not that great. And what more can you ask from a dude? He also like, he would have had his Heisman moment if a guy didn't drop a ball in the end zone against Ole Miss. Like he mm-hmm. led a crazy drive with hardly any time left on the clock and threw a dart that went through the guy's hands in the end zone. Like he could have easily been caught on like a last gas that would have beat LSU or would have beat uh, Ole Miss and uh, maybe changed their season. And we saw obviously what he did to Alabama's defense before he got hurt. Like they they had no answers for him. They're, they were, I think they got a pick off kind of a tip or something kind of weird. But other than that, Alabama had nothing for him. And, and then he got hurt and the game kind of went downhill. So yeah, I thought he was deserving. Just if you look at the advanced stat stuff, he had a better season than Burrow did in 2019, which mm-hmm. that seemed to be the standard, but like <laughs> the offenses are so good now. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. But his his numbers were so nuts. I mean, I mean, he was tops in QBR ninety five point seven, which you know whatever that stat is, but still, that's five away from perfect. Um, Forty touchdowns and four interceptions, like that right there. And it's not even like so. We look at like they kind of compared him. Oh, it's like Lamar Jackson, like trying to be a non playoff team winning Heisman, but he just put up stats that were just stupid. I mean, thirty eight hundred pass yards passing, but he had a seventy two percent completion uh, percentage. And that increased every year that he played, even back to Arizona State. So he got better as a passer. And then as a runner, he was electric. His worst game was at Florida State, was versus Florida State in the opener. And he still played pretty darn well. Uh, like, you know, Nick, I think you're right. You just like, you at some point have to compensate for your defense being cheeks. And like, you have to just keep up with them. But uh, they get to play Wisconsin in the former Outback, now Relia Quest Bowl on New Year's Day. And, um, Shoot, should we just like try to go to that game because it's here in our backyard, and I kind of want to see him. Um, Let's get the mayor examiner credential. 
Assuming he's not opting out, is he opting out? He's probably opting out. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Oh, man. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people were pointing back to that Florida State game. If you remember, he had a couple passes drop that he put oh, on yeah. a dime. Like he he played pretty well, but uh, he couldn't. Like we said, his defense was cheeks, and they could not keep up in the second half. I, so. And I'm 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 content with like you know week one being week oneiness, especially when you have these like high profile games. Like you can look at that, you can look at those in a vacuum and say, you know, Florida State dominated them, and that ended up being the Florida State special was making adjustments at half. Yeah. But you could look at that and go, yeah, that was his worst game. But then he progressed and he got better. And then unfortunately he got injured in Alabama because that, I mean, the, he, they might've won that game. Yeah, it was, this it, conversation. Was, it was tight there. So I, I think he's a deserving winner, but it was, it's really, it might've really come down to like that little stretch where it seemed like Penix was sick or hurt or whatever. And they had, a, you know, they had the game against Arizona state where they didn't score a touchdown. You know, if he can kind of just maintain his normal level and, those couple games, he probably wins it. Uh, but once he dipped and then uh, Bo Nix had a couple losses, it seemed like that was only natural that it would go to Jaden Daniels with the crazy numbers he put up. So, Oh, my gosh. I didn't even see this, but he um, I knew he rushed for 10 touchdowns, but he had 1,100 yards on the ground. Yeah, ah. It's great. <laughs> he was unbelievable. Take the 8.5 yards per carry. I'll take that every day out of my normal running back, not my quarterback. But holy, that is something. Yeah. And his efficiency, I think his efficiency numbers would break a record. I think maybe um, it's going to be close because if, if he doesn't play the bowl game, I think he breaks the record. So we'll see. But I think that's it for this week. Um, a lot of stuff going on in college football, so we want to get an episode out here, even though we only have the three of us, but uh, probably gave us a little more room to talk <laughs> without as many people because there's a lot to talk about. So mm-hmm. um, thank you guys for watching. Join us next week. We'll start talking a little bit more about some of these bowl games coming up, especially kind of the New Year's Six stuff and some of the other interesting matchups. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little USF bowl game next week as well and the playoff. So thank you for watching. We'll be back next week. Thank you.